I'm going to read from Luke 22. And it goes like this. Now the feast of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. Though delighted and agreed to give him money, he consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. What do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you to a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told him, so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I've eagerly decided to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go on as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which there might be who would do this. We're going to jump on to another little bit of a passage. A little bit forward. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned your back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. Lord, I pray that by your spirit you just come and speak to all of us through Judy. We thank you for Judy. We pray, Jesus, that as she speaks to us, that um, our hearts and our ears will be open to what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. Good morning, everyone. What a great day. Um, My name is Judy, as Andy said, and I'm one of the leaders uh, here at Riverside. And uh, I have to say, without a doubt, that the baptismal Sundays are my absolute (laughs) favourites. I don't know why they're turning the lights out. It's maybe a dramatic (laughs) moment, or maybe I'm looking a bit rough. I do apologise if that's the case. Um, But the lights are dimming, unless it's me. Um, But I'm one of the leaders here at Riverside, and it is one of my favourite days when we uh, baptise people. And as Andy said, when they make a public stand 
about an inner promise, a promise that they're making. And uh, this passage that we've had from Luke is about two betrayals, which seems ironic on a day when we're actually celebrating two testimonies of God's work and grace in people's lives. These are two who, when the going gets tough, don't quite make it. Judas, when the going gets tough, denies Jesus. He betrays him. Peter, the same. Two, in this account in Luke, that actually fail to stand when the going gets tough. I don't know why I wear mascara. It's just ridiculous, particularly on baptism days, because I I always get very emotional. But uh, I think... um, that was just said really everything that I want to say in many ways. But uh, in this gospel, uh, the account of Luke, we have these two betrayals. What Peter doesn't manage in this passage is to overcome fear. And yet he's hung out with Jesus. He's been with Jesus. He's seen the miracles. For three years, he has walked with Jesus. Judas has walked with Jesus. He's walked with him, he's worked with him, he's seen him at work in people's lives. And yet, the lure of money and the lure of self makes him give way. He gives way and he betrays Jesus. And in the first couple of verses that Andy read, we hear that Satan caused him to betray Jesus. In other words, there was something of evil, whatever that looks like for you at the moment, in terms of your belief, we know there is evil in the world. And something evil happened that made him think that actually he would sail down the river one of his closest friends, someone who he ate with, drank with, shared life with, he betrayed him. Now, there are many theories, which we won't go in in just these few minutes, but there are many theories about why Judas did that. But one theory that I think is, is throughout the commentaries is that actually Jesus didn't have his heart. He hung out with him, but he didn't fully have his heart. In other words, self was still what mattered most to him. And if we're honest, we can vilify Judas, and we can say Judas is the bad guy. Even if we're not people of faith today, we may have heard that at school, we may have heard that. Judas doesn't get a good press, does he? But actually, when we're honest, when the going gets tough, there is a part of us that knows that we are still very selfish. We're selfish people, that's how we're born, that's how we're made. We're selfish people in need of a saviour. And Judas gets it wrong. He's lured away by money, he he sells Jesus off, if you like, down the river, but then he realises what he's done. And for him, it's too late. He realises what he's done, he tries to give the money back even, he tries in human terms, in good works if you like, to make up for the stain, to make up for what he's got wrong. He tries but actually despair overcomes him and later on in scripture he takes his life because he didn't really see the rescuing grace that Jesus had to offer. Peter on the other hand does seem to get it He actually does really, really love Jesus. He even says to Jesus, I'll go with you, I'll never deny you. In this passage, he's the one who slightly overconfidently says, that will never be me. If you imagine the picture where the disciples are gathered at the Last Supper and Jesus says, one of you is going to deny or betray me. If that was us sitting there, I bet every single one of us would be thinking, is it going to be me? Am I right? We'd think, I hope it's not me 
that, that portrays Jesus. And I'm sure they were the same. In fact, we hear they started wondering. The account of Luke says they started wondering, is it me that's going to actually be the one that, that's, that hands him over? And the reality, we can take a deep breath here for a moment, the reality is every single one of us will and has betrayed Jesus. So we're in good company, aren't we? We've all done it. There's not one of us here that hasn't. So we can make Judas into a villain or we can say, actually, we know that self gets in the way and that actually we lead our own lives our way. And when we try and make it right, maybe there are people here today who are trying to make it right with good works. That's what Judas does. He thinks, I'll put things right. I'll do whatever it takes. But actually, it was too late and Jesus died. But the good news for us is post-Easter, we know that the story ends with the resurrection, not with the death of Jesus. They didn't know that. Judas didn't know it. Peter didn't know it. They didn't know how it would end. And Peter gets fearful. And even though he loves Jesus, he's asked, was he one of the ones that was with Jesus? And he denies him three times. And the rooster crows and he bursts into tears because Jesus has predicted that that would happen. He's predicted that that would happen. And the reason that Jesus is able to forecast, if you like, both of these events, he says someone will betray him and Judas does it. He says that Peter will deny him three times and he does it. It's because Jesus is man, but he's also God. And that's what we believe here today. We believe that actually Jesus came to die we need the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. We're overcoming fear. We're overcoming fear of man. We're even saying, we're not running this show anymore. Jesus is, as Emma told us. C.S. Lewis says this, the more we get what we now call ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. Our real selves are all waiting for us in him. And I love that because it's a very countercultural statement that C.S. Lewis makes. But actually, the more of Jesus that we get to know, the more of God that we actually start to learn about and worship and get to know, the more truly ourselves, said, truly ourselves we become. We become even more the people that we were intended to be. So Peter denies Jesus through fear. He denies him because he just thinks that he doesn't want to risk his life. But actually what we're celebrating in baptism is that Jesus comes back from the dead. Say that actually he is risen and he is the only person that we know for sure that has not only come back from the dead but had over 500 different people who saw him physically present after he'd come back from the dead, which is amazing. And that is why we have baptisms. We have them at Riverside two or three times a year. And we know, and if you're visiting here today, we know that we are sinners saved by grace. We know that. And we know that we're like Peter, that we're like Judas, that we have that capacity to actually betray him, to let him down. But we also know that the story doesn't end in death. It doesn't end in our sin. It actually ends with victory. It ends with the celebration that Jesus came back from the dead and has forgiven every single one of us. Both Peter and Judas failed Jesus through denial and betrayal. The only difference between them, one brought his sin to Jesus, the other brought it to the grave. 
And we bring our sin to Jesus, the things that we do wrong, every single one of us here have done things wrong, but when we bring that to Jesus, like Peter, we say, I messed up. We maybe even feel emotional about that. We know that there's grief in our hearts. We know that there's, if you like, guilt in our hearts. We bring that to Jesus, and he says, it is finished. It's under the saving grace of Jesus. Judas took it to despair, took it to the grave, but actually Jesus has risen from the grave to forgive every single one of us. 